0: This episode of the Tabletop Submarine Podcast is produced by Cake Pie Games. Cake Pie Games, games that are a piece of cake to set up and easy as pie to teach.
1: Welcome to the Tabletop Submarine,
0: where we dive a little bit deeper into why we love board games. Strap in and prepare for a deep sea adventure. You're your host. Hey Andrew. Uh, yes, Josh. Do you know where percussion instruments go to get a little more browner?
2: To get more browner?
0: To get more browner, yeah.
2: Uh I have no idea. A tantrum house. Ah, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Oh, you did not like that one. No, I don't think I got it. Why Why are you getting tan, brown? It?
0: Like tan? Because oh, when you're tanning, you're skin- You got to accent the
2: <laughs> tan on that. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, I just feel dumb.
0: No, oh, it's okay. Listeners, welcome to the Tabletop Submarine Podcast. It is so good to have you here with us. Just me and Andrew this time. We're having one of our on-the-floor episodes where we talk about different conventions we both attend. And today we're talking talk about Tantrum Con 2024.
2: Yeah, I was impressed by the level of uh, dedication the staff has for it and the effort they put in. And it was it was seamless to see on the top. But at the same time, I knew how much was going on in the background. So I was very impressed by all the different events they threw, all the different kinds of things they did, the stage presence they had while they were up there. Um, it was just really cool to see. And I'm really glad we went. So what really... Really, if people don't know what Tantrum Con
0: is, Tantrum Con is put on by Tantrum House. We had Will Meadows on here before. Mm-hmm. It is a convention put on in Charlotte, North Carolina, between roughly 600 to 800 people. So it's a smaller con by definition, but yeah. it feels big. It really does feel big. And what really impressed me the most was with how it felt there were so many people in the industry
3: mm-hmm. that
0: were there. Like It felt like it was an industry gathering of some sorts. We had, it did. There was Daryl Andrews. There was Stephen Bonacore, Zev Slashinger, Pat Marino, Daniel Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Lots of people who are, you know, tabletop submarine alumni who were there just having a good time. Plus the whole Tantrum House crew. Yeah. Like, like why do you think they all gathered
2: in this little con in Charlotte? Uh, for me, I think it's because it's a good spot. Like, I feel like, you know, this was a new venue they were trying out. They are trying out a new hotel, but I think the hotel was nice. I feel like the space was nice. I feel like there's not enough cons that are big in the southeast. So I think there's that's partly it, too. I mean, obviously, there's a nod to Dice Tower and stuff like that, but uh, I think they're doing a great job. And on top of that, I really feel like the smallness of it for the number of people Yet yeah, apparently this was the highest number of people they've had by I think 150 or something like that. So mm-hmm. they boosted up more than they'd done before. It felt cozy yet fun. Like I, it's not about the size of it for me so much as it's, do you have tables that I can play on? Are there games that I want to play? You know the the play and win area had a ton of good games out there, and then the library itself was a great library without being the size of the Origins game library, which is completely crazy huge, there were tons of great games in there. And most of the games in the game library were like, you know, the new hotness for the last five years or so. So there wasn't necessarily a ton of classic games that you'd go back and play, but there were tons of games in the game library that I had not even tried yet. And would love to have gotten more to the table. It really
0: did feel like a play con. This was a con to go and play with. I mean, there wasn't much like, we do lots of, like, the business side mm-hmm. of stuff. There was still some business side going on, but this was definitely, oh, yeah. like, you're here to play, network, and catch up with people, which is why I really liked it a lot. It was still a very
2: busy weekend for me. But I want to know, Andrew, what were you up to the whole weekend? So, there were a couple of really cool things that were being done there that I think are different than other places I want to highlight as well. Like, the tournament meals are a really cool thing, right? Like, you, you sign up, you get a ticket, you do have to pay for them, but then while you're there you get to eat dinner while you're playing and you're mm-hmm. meeting new people and playing a brand new game. And I got to do that twice. I wish I'd done more of it, but I did first in flight. And I also did the new secret, not so secret Bézier trick taking game sandbags. Um, I did that twice. Then of course, there's the Grant Lyon comedy show. And then you've got the uh, Kevin Delt magic show. So you got all these kind of cool, like show things going on. Um, I-, I think that, separates itself from the normal way of doing business and I think that's really cool too uh but did you ask you asked what I did with majority of my weekend and I have to say very selfishly I got the uh prototype of wine cellared in my hands and I got to run around demoing that with all the people who would allow me to force it down their throats basically so uh yes I was I was showing off a little bit all weekend So for those listeners or Voyagers who may not know, what is Wine Cellar, Andrew? So Wine Cellar is going to be my very first published game with 25th Century Games. It is a one to eight player bidding game with a theme of wine. Um, It's like an auction game. You're going to be taking a card from your hand and you're going to be placing it face down in the middle, flipping over reveal when everybody has done that, and then the highest number drafts first from the cards in the center. And the cards are all wine bottles. So as you take a card, you're going to put it in your cellar, turning it sideways, and you're going to create a timeline. And each bottle has its own custom personal timeline to that bottle of wine where it has an optimal time to drink and a not so optimal time to drink. And you're trying to line all those optimal points as best you can up in your timeline. So that is Wine Cellar. I did a ton of demoing it. I demoed it to everybody who would let me to show it to them, and it was a great time. So, this is, I'm, this may be like, oh, of course
0: you're going to say it's a good game. Andrew's your co host. No, I mean, I've told Andrew sometimes when he play this, his games, I don't like them too much. Wine Cellar <laughs> yeah, is
2: great. I have some other prototypes that are not so great and need a lot of fixing. This one, I, I, you know, I'm saying this sounds like self grandiosity enough, but I, nobody said a bad word to my face. Nobody. Not a single one.
0: It's great. Like this, this The gameplay is awesome. I played it – I actually played it a year ago at Proto ATL when it was still a little wee prototype, yeah. uh, but already signed by Chad from 20th yeah. Century. But the artwork, it's got Vincent Dutrait artwork, yeah. you lucky bastard, for your first game. It looks so, <laughs> so good, and I'm excited. I'm going to get a copy as soon as it's out. I'm excited. I'm not even a wine drinker, and I'm still going to get it because it's such a really good auction system with really interesting – Card play, you know, it's it's great. I, I was really happy when I saw it, and I didn't get a chance to play it because, for one, I wanted people to play it who were not me, who aren't already going to buy it. So it's time. Just I was just so happy for you, dude.
2: Well, you know, I'm going to bring it to the other conventions, so it'll be at Geekway, it'll be at Origins, it'll be at Gen Con, and I will be able happy to show it to anybody who wants to see it. I know the uh, Level Up guys want to see it,
0: so we'll have to get a game together with them
2: for, for sure. sure. I believe the Kickstarter on this one's going to happen in later spring, so maybe March or something like that. Uh, he's going to pair it with a couple other games he has. So if anybody wants to get on the Kickstarter for that one, we'll have more information on that going forward. Uh, but you can get kind of like all the different games or a couple of different games and save on shipping beginning the package deal. As for myself,
0: I was very much doing stuff for Cake Pie oh, over yeah. the weekend. I was playtesting Beach Day the big thing that happened was they did the pitch at pitchathon, the uh, proto tank.
2: Yeah, how for... was that? I want to hear all about that. Oh man, I
0: got eviscerated. Ah. It was it was so bad. So it was this it was an emotional weekend for me. Some sometimes listeners, what you don't know is that I have some, I have some depression ADHD issues. That's it's just I have some mental health issues. It sucks, but it happens. It's mm-hmm. just something that I was born with, and I I try to manage it. Andrew's seen some of the bulk of this last year at Potoitl. I had a, a breakdown because when I wound my – I am – Andrew can attest this. I never stop doing anything. I kinda just no. keep going and going.
2: You are perpetual motion, my friend, yes.
0: Yeah, so when I, when I get wound up sometimes that I'm always doing – when I go to a convention, I have moments where I don't do anything. And when I stop and have time to think in my thoughts, I just crash yeah. really hard sometimes. And it happened again this weekend. And luckily I had some really good friends who I another thing about me, I don't hide my emotions too well. I'm very face forward about how I'm feeling. And yeah. they saw and they helped me talk through it. So I appreciate them. You know, Kevin and David, if they're thank you so much. Yeah. But you know, the prototype was interesting. I, I pitched my game and they lots of people didn't like the pitch. They liked the game per se. They liked the game, but mm. my pitch wasn't like so I didn't do too well. Okay. But luckily I was able to talk with all of them afterwards, so I got to talk with Steven Bonacore, Zeph Schlesinger, I forgot his name, but he's the vice president of Van Ryder, and I got to talk with Dale Andrews about it, and they gave me some great, great advice about how I should approach the game Mm -hmm. from there on out. Nothing to do with gameplay, just how to present and do it as a product. And it was awesome. I you know we're going to focus a lot more now on making it the best game possible instead of trying to make it for everybody, which is a trap we accidentally fell into. Yep. And Daryl himself actually was able wanted to meet with me about it and talk more about how to make it better. So Daryl was very kind in how he approached that. So pretty much appreciate you again as well, Daryl. But after that, was just playtesting. Everyone who I playtested with loved it. They said this is awesome we can't wait to see where it goes. We they want right. to follow us, so it was overall very positive. I got to talk with um, Kurt Covert about some of my other designs, not a pitch, but I had some designs I'm stuck on that he gave me some advice on. Nice, and then just meeting up with a bunch of other people who knew actually tabletop submarine. We had we talked be talking about this now. We had our big Roll and Write Voyagers
2: event, which oh, was, man, was I think crazy. a blast. Yeah, you know, what do you think
0: about that? Yeah, it was
2: fun. It, I, I you know I was a little worried because I wasn't sure how many people would show up to begin with. Anyway. Uh, I wasn't sure how well-known Voyages as a game was out there. So if we post that, I wasn't sure if that was going to draw enough people in. We had like 20 people in the room and we had a great time. Josh got some inflatable dice in here and we had people throwing them at us, which was great. So we became targets for the roles, which was great. And then, you know, just people enjoyed the game Voyages. And I think, it's a, it's a game that I think is so great, and I'm so happy to keep spreading the word on it. And Roy Muldoon and Matthew Dunstan did a great job on it. And Postmark Games is doing some really cool stuff. So I'm happy to to spread their their love a little out there and get more people to touch on it. Um, but did you have fun as much as I did? I mean, I watched people throw dice at you. That's that's always a good time, as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah, I had a blast. It was it was
0: great fun. You know, just throwing dice it was quick too so yeah it wasn't like a there wasn't a lot over here. i just had to bring the dice all play shout out to all play and our friends there was mm-hmm. i worked for them for a little bit this last weekend not a whole lot and but in return since they knew i was doing an event and i was just gonna buy the games they said hey you work for us take these games as your payment and so we got away with some good prizes all play games which all i picked the ones that i know are good and yeah. so people walked away with great games and then at the very end one of our winners is like hey do you have any leftover sheets of paper i was like yeah i do can I take them? We want to play again. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, take them, which was also really cool because they wanted to keep playing.
2: Yeah, they did. They wanted to, to try it again through the course of the weekend while they were still there. And I think that's great. Um, yeah, thanks again to All Play. I mean, you know, if you reach your hand to a bag of All Play games, you pull one out, it's probably going to be a great one anyway. So it's not like you we're going to find a bunch of duds in there. But uh, yeah, the ones you put on the table were really cool. I saw that you had uh, Sale on there. Mm-hmm. Um, which other ones did we put on there? I forgot. Put sail, mountain goats, and dandelions. Dandelions. Dandelions—that's the the one. Yeah, those were three really good ones. So I'm
0: glad. Yeah. Speaking of all play, we want to talk about our favorite games really quick that we played this weekend before we get into our little interview montage. So, speak
2: now. I know you have an all play game you want to talk about. I do. So Uh, go ahead, go take it away. I'm really impressed with couture. Shout out to Bob who uh, put it on the table in front of us, and we all played it. We played that. Six players or five players, um, and the level of chaos was a little higher than I expected. With, it, but basically, it did what Wine Cellar did, which is you're doing a blind auction bidding in three locations. So your hand is your models, and you're going to dictate where they're going to go and, and show up, and then you get the prizes from there. So, uh, but I really like what they did with the sketches, like the fashion mm-hmm. sketches aspect, and then the the little magazine covers, and like. It actually evoked the feeling a little bit um, in a way that was fun. And I love that it's a different theme than what you normally get into. But the game had what you expect from all play, which is simple mechanics, simple to understand. But the depth of play comes in the interaction, which I think is really cool. Uh, That was a big surprise for me for the weekend. I really like that one. What about you, Josh? We got one.
0: Yes, yeah, so I'll start off with Junk Drawer. This is one we both played, yeah. actually. Again, from 25th Century, another publisher we, we both really like. Yes. T- Junk Drawer shocked me because I knew it was a game that existed, but I thought nothing of it. But I pl- sat down and we grabbed it off the, pl- of the play to win table, and I got the chance to play it with not only you, mm-hmm. but later on in the con, I was actually able to play it with Clarence Simpson, the designer of the Wolves, Nice. And other games. And Jay Cormier from off the page games. Jay was Very just nice. walking around Sunday before he left. And I was like, hey, Jay, how you doing? He's like, doing good. Well, you want to play a 10 minute game? It's like, oh, yeah, sure. So we sat down and played again because I liked it that much. Yeah. Junk Drawer was great. Basically, in the game, you have this four this polyomino board with four different sections. And each section scores differently. Mm-hmm. And you have everyone has the same set of Polyamino tiles. And you take out four cards. You flip them over one at a time. And each time you take whatever is on that card and you place it in one of the four different areas on your board, and then each subsequent card you have to place on a different board, and you keep playing until no one can place a, until one player can't place a piece, or everyone places pieces and go through the entire deck. Yeah. I thought it was going to be just okay, but I, bought, I ended up buying at the end of the convention. I that really price. liked it. It was a good. It's almost like it's actually almost a, a patchwork killer for me in lots of ways. As, like, what's the go-to polyamino game for intro people? Like, yeah. I think it's a lot easier to understand than Patchwork. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. There's, there's maybe Patchwork has a little more nuance to it. Yeah. But as far as what's welcoming and easy to understand, I like Junk Drawer a little, a little better. It was fun. It
2: was yeah, a game I, game and It was fun. I have to agree that Junk Drawer really jumped out to me as a really beautiful gateway game into our hobby. And also, if you hadn't played a Polyomino game before, that's a really good one to start. The, the tactile element of placing it within the boundaries of each corner, right? And then the thought process of, is this the one I want to play here? But then I can never play in this one again until we finish the four. So you have dwindling choices. And at the very end, you have to play the last one. And you haven't seen it yet. You don't know what you're putting in there. So like, you really kind of make some, some mental uh, gymnastics trying to figure out possibilities and probabilities and stuff like that. But you don't have to think that way. You can just play. But the first round we played, the first game we played, oh we had gosh, a weird Chad. one because we didn't even play three rounds, which I talked to Chad after. He's like, <laughs> that's kind of out. That's really out an outlier. It's not normal. Normally you play four <laughs> or five rounds. And so we did that in the second game we played, I think we played like five rounds. So we actually got a little further in, but it was, it was a big surprise for me in a very positive way. And I cannot recommend it enough, especially for those people who are, you know, Azul players or ticket to ride players or people that are looking for an accessible, easy to play game with a lot of people and try a new aspect, I think I think it's the go-to polynomial for me. Well, long well that was a light game. I actually got a chance to play a, a heavier game too. So
0: I'm part of a group called the Game Designers of North Carolina. And one of our designers and group members, Mark, who is the head of How to Steam Broccoli, a new publisher, and Matt Wolf, a designer of great games. We decided he he put out a call. He's like, Hey, I want to play Station Fall. Who's in? I'm like, You know what? I'm in. I want to play Station Fall at 9 p.m. at night and see how it goes. So we had like seven or eight people who said, Yeah, we go, but it ended up just being us three, which is, I think, for the better for this game because it plays up to nine. But what you're doing in Station Fall is you're basically playing out the last moments of a ship that's like being destroyed. Mm-hmm. And you play a bunch of different characters and you control all these characters, but you have the role as one of them. And you don't take complete control of that role until you reveal yourself, which could be right. good or bad. Without and the game is super simple. You pick a character, you do a couple actions, but there are so many edge cases and little new little rules about what happens when this happens that it's extremely complex. And I was very grateful that someone was there to teach us how to play. Right. right. Thank you for thank Thank you to Mark. And so that was extremely good for me good for me because I would have not be able to read that rule book but playing it through holy cow what a frustrating game it was so so frustrating but in all the good ways ah, one okay. thing you have to one thing you have to go into in this game is that you have to go in not playing not your goal should not be to win but you should play to win if that makes mm-hmm. sense like you if you people are gonna mess up your strategy left and right every single move everyone made messed up my strategy. Because they were controlling the character I needed to accomplish stuff with. And the other characters weren't helping me because they were nowhere near the parts of the ship that I needed to be. And so there was all this wackiness going on. Like, okay, I'm going to switch it over to here and this character over here to this room. But no, they're going to drag this kid. The, the, the character I needed to keep alive died in the first turn. I was oh like, my ah, are you kidding me? <laughs> and so I was trying to drag his body across the ship. But also trying to make sure I wasn't left behind in the cryostasis. It was complete and utter chaos and i had a blast playing it i would definitely play it again i don't think i could teach it if someone said hey do you want to play station i would jump in and be okay but you know it's it's one of those games like i said if you come with the right attitude with the right group of people Mm -hmm. it could be just a fabulous time but i wouldn't play with nine because at that point you have 20 characters out apparently and wow having just three of us and having 10 was a lot like some characters just did not get used so i mean it's fun though like it's It's a great time. I'm
2: glad I did it. All right. I got one more game that I was thinking of that I really, really enjoyed playing. I played it with you. Oh, go for it. That is Forest Shuffle. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Now, I learned that game right before we went to the con, so it wasn't my first time playing it. I played it on BGA a couple times and so on, but it was the first time playing in real life, and I enjoyed the hell out of it in real life. It was great. Um, The cards have a great tactile feel to it. The tucking is kind of fun. It's a simple thought process behind a game is that every card has a card cost. So whether it be zero, one, two, whatever it is, you're paying cards from your hand to play a different card. So you gotta you gotta have that choice in your brain about is this card worth the cards I'm giving up? Or do I need to draw more cards and stack more cards that I don't want and then oh, I drew more things that are good for me. So now I gotta figure out which ones I'm gonna sacrifice to make the other things happen. I'm really impressed for a game that is basically all cards and one board, which is the metal you put the discards onto, which, you know, truthfully, you don't really need. You could just play with just the cards. It's a really cool game. What do you think?
0: Oh, I loved it. It had, it felt like the, it had like the cool parts of earth and wingspan that I like, which is the engine building. Mm -hmm. But the thing about those games is that I don't necessarily enjoy the card play in those games but it has the card play of like War of the Ring and Flesh and Blood, which is you have to pay using your cards to play a card. I love that mechanic. As as I've gotten older and wiser, I I realize that's my favorite mechanism in games, I think, is pay pay a card to play a card. It's such a great decision, which is why I like War of the Ring so much and watch Flesh and Blood, but I also like engine builders in lots of ways, and this was a very tight one. I couldn't imagine it playing it more than three or four players, because of how much of a table hog it has. but no, I oh it was I'm so glad. It was a great game to start off the weekend. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, speaking of the weekend, you know, we, we could talk about the strike tournament I went to, we could talk about all the people I was able to meet, but let's just go to the people who were there at the convention and yeah. let them say what they were doing. So let's get into our dive and do some interviews. voyagers we're gonna start with someone who is technically speaking not one of the people we traditionally talk to we're starting with someone who went to our event someone who oh, went to yeah. our voyagers voyagers game and they told a story to andrew they i don't think they were even they knew who we are they just want to play a game but they had yep. a story to tell and andrew's like you got to hear this i recorded it so here's daniel burgess Hey, Voyagers! We're here with Daniel Burgess. We just finished our Voyagers event, and he has a great story we just wanted to share and put on our episode. So, Daniel, take it away.
1: All right. So, my coworkers got Green Team wins for their for their um, teenagers, and they are playing it up, uh, Children are playing it downstairs. Parents are upstairs having a good time, and they hear a blood curdling scream, and they run downstairs, and a group of like five to six teenage girls are now separated across the room because the question was, what is better? the edge piece of a brownie or the centerpiece of the brownie. This ended friendships. One wall was all the people for <laughs> edges. One wall was for all the people for centers. Group chats were created. Friendships ended over one card. So what's the correct answer then? Oh, edge piece all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your story. I mean, you get rest your con. Oh, of course. Thank you. Have a wonderful day.
2: First of all, now I can't be friends with them because I'm a, I'm a centerpiece guy. I want, I'm the a centerpiece gooey, guy. too. Yeah. I want the soft. <laughs> you can have the crispy, crunchy edges. I want my brownie to be as soft and gooey as you can possibly make it. But that said, I love this story. This is great, especially, you know, the teenage daughters or teenage sons and having these kind of moments. And, you know, I hope they played more cards than just that one. I really hope they did because that's that's great. But what a fun moment.
0: Uh, yeah, no, it's it was fun. It was fun. They were very active in our – the person he was with, they were very active in our event. So it was really fun to meet mm-hmm. to meet Daniel and, you know, and just – make that connection with them and hopefully he's listening to this daniel if you are listening to this thank you so much for making our con a little bit better appreciate it yeah we're moving on to an alumni of our periscope episode matt from envy born games oh hey voyagers Here with matt from envy born games coming straight off of his kickstarter for the tiny game series matt how you doing hey i'm
4: doing great having a good time at tantrum con
0: excellent so what are you showing off here at this con
4: Today, I am showing my tiny game series. I have Sirens, Defrag, Sixteen Candies, and Confusing Lands with me. Um, and Confusing Lands is our new game launching in March, and I've been getting some great feedback on it.
0: I just got done and finished playing. I really like Confusing Lands a lot, and Sirens is fantastic. What are, you, what are you hoping people experience as they play these games? What are you hoping they walk away with?
4: Um, Obviously, I want people to have fun with them. One of the things I didn't really expect when I started publishing games was, like, reading reviews where people say, like, this game made our night, or we had such a fun time with this. Um, So that's really rewarding. But, yeah, obviously, people enjoying them. And then the whole idea behind the series is, you know, tiny travel-sized games that you can kind of take and play anywhere with uh, lower price points for people to get into
0: them. So how do you go about choosing these games then? What's your whole goal bring them to the public
4: so I personally like games that are pretty unique and have different themes or something different about them Um, so I'm attracted to games like that but uh, really the gameplay is important as well Um, but yeah the way that I get them is people pitch me games I'm not a good designer myself so um, people pitch me games and then if they like it we'll develop them together usually so I do do some development work with people that I work with but um, yeah we work together to come up with a final product we're all really happy about and I try and bring to light or bring to life the vision that the designer has like I want it to be true to their vision as well as close as possible
0: awesome how how have you been doing Chantricon so far what are you looking or I guess better question what are you looking forward to this weekend at ChantraCon?
4: Uh, I was just honestly I love conventions I go to so many of them so I have like little convention families so it's nice to meet up with like some of my friends and just reconnect but um, I also just wanted to show off the games expose some more people to the tiny game series some brand awareness make some friends and uh, play some play some games as well that aren't just mine at some point (laughs) see if we can get to that
0: well people want to support enemy born what can they do
4: Um, Well, you can follow me on TikTok and see one of my weird dances with my fanny packs or you can go on the website and pre-order games uh, or just like my stuff on different social media channels like Instagram and Facebook.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate your time. You have a good rest of your convention.
4: All right. Thanks so much.
2: Did you get a chance to play Confusing Lands, Andrew? I did and it is my favorite game of his now. Uh, I think it is really good, yeah. It's right up my alley with the whole layering of pieces on top and the cards and your action and then the set collection with the different things. And then you have you have to choose the side of the card, either the one that just has the pieces and stuff on it, or the other side has a scoring bonus. But the scoring bonus starts with a negative. So you have to get more pieces than a little bit to make up for that, to get positive scoring. And I just really like what they're doing with that. It's really cool. Uh, also, a uh, little bit of update. It's now on Facebook, so it's like, you know, real news that you know, whatever, but his late pledge Kickstarter for his first three games, the bundle sold out. So he yeah. is doing an amazing thing. He's got to print some more games, which I'm so happy for him. He's just a wonderful person, a kind soul. And I always want to see people like that succeed. And it sounds like things are going really well for him. And he hasn't even put confusing lands in the, in the series yet. So that's coming up next.
0: Yeah. We've been wanting to get Matt on the podcast for like a, a podcast, like t- an episode, It's only a Um, matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Like there are so many people we want to get on. It's just, we are getting very busy and very packed with our schedules and we're doing a lot of things now, you know? So if your favorite person's not on, we probably want them on. They probably said, yeah, we come on. It's just (laughs) timing. We want to make sure like one thing about media stuff, we want to make sure it lines up. So like when Matt watches a Kickstarter, maybe we want to launch something with him. So people have something to go and support him with. Right. So, I mean, it's just timing. He'll get on eventually, but
2: confusing lands. Chef kiss. Yeah, chef kiss indeed. Very nicely done.
0: Hey, Voyagers, we're here with Kurt Covert from Smirk and Dagger. You've been on the podcast before. Great to reconnect with you. How are things going for y'all?
3: Doing really great. Uh, We are already having a really fun and exciting show, both showing off games uh, that we're, you know, kind of actively selling, but also, like, we're taking night times to show off prototypes of what's coming this year and even next year.
0: Yeah, Zev was actually telling me about that earlier, so hopefully I have to stop by and see some of those things, because he's invited me, but what are you guys showing off initially here at the convention?
3: Well, um, we've got Tesseract uh, out, because that is our latest. Um, it, uh, it premiered at PAX Unplugged, and uh, so really, this is, these are really some of the first shows people are getting a chance to experience it, and it's, it's such a great game. People are really enjoying it, so Yeah.
0: It's very thinky and puzzling. and you also have your giant boot mat out. And Scott, Scottly couldn't make it. We all are very sad about that. But what? you know, I guess what are some of the new? Uh, what are some of the newest stuff you're testing? Do you talk about that at all?
3: Oh sure, yeah. Um, so we've got uh, we got a very full slate for this year. Um, so we've got uh, one called This Game Is Killer, which is kind of a party weight game that. It's like the Alien movie in 10 minutes, and people are dying left and right, and then you're playing again. It's it's, it's hysterical. Um, uh, we're also playing Boom Patrol, and uh, Boom Patrol um, is it's animals in tanks rolling over buildings, <laughs> blowing each other up. It's all for you know, a, a grab for uh, for golden glory, um, and it's got these great little toyetic tanks with rotating turrets and a uh, great card movement system. So yeah. Uh, that is a terrific one. We have that on the table tonight. We're also like looking at maybe another Boop variant.
0: Okay. You're getting me excited. Can I ask about it, or are you going to keep that a secret?
3: Well, it's not even like a... Fi- We're still like nailing down the rules, so it's almost early, but I'll just say Boop the Halls.
0: Uh, okay. I, I get you. I <laughs> yeah. get you wink-wink. Okay. Yeah. So it's,
3: it's it might be about cats jumping on a tree and knocking off ornaments. I'm just saying. <laughs> is, is it
0: Scott, you and Scott behind it this time?
3: Oh yeah, still. Oh yeah, Scott, Scott, Scott has amazing ideas for many, many, many boops. Like, you know, I cannot get enough poop, so I am a okay with that. Yeah. Well, this is your
0: second time at Tantrum Con. What's been your favorite memory, or what's your general impressions of this convention?
3: Oh well, this is uh, this is a wonderful convention. It's it's actually a nice balance between like a a small intimate con, but it's actually got the size that there's still a lot going on, you know. But I mean, it feels intimate, like you know. It's relaxed, it's enjoyable, and people are just here to have a great time, and there's no stress, even in being in the booth or anything else, so I I, I love this. And by the way, tonight, no, sorry, tomorrow night, I am going to be uh, up doing a table flip with Steve Bonacore, so that I think is probably going to be my most memorable. Uh, memory coming out of at least this Tantrum Con. <laughs> I need you to kick his butt for me. He's my
0: boss. and he, his, his audio is always hard to do. So Awesome. <laughs> well, if people want to support Smirk and Dagger, and they want to support you and all your games, what can they do?
3: Well, stop on by SmirkandDagger.com and take a peek at the stuff and see if anything appeals to you. That's it. Highly recommend
0: it, folks. Well, Kurt, thanks for your time. Let's get back to it.
3: Alright, thanks, man. Okay, so
2: many things to unpack in this. One, Tesseract is a great game. I played it Last year, I got a sneak peek preview of that one, and it might be my favorite co-op game of all time. It is not a kind of co-op game where anybody can be the alpha. Anybody can dictate. You have to use your powers in your own little way and manipulate the dice and pull things off, and it's just such a cool little puzzly game. And then, like you, I cannot get enough boop. So I love this idea of uh, boop on Christmas trees, knocking off ornaments. That sounds spectacular. Uh huge fan of Scott. He does a great job. He has a great brain for minds. And uh, of course he mentioned this whole idea with tanks and turrets moving and card play. I just really love what Smirk and Dagger is doing. So I'm kind of all in on whatever stuff they pull out on top of that. We know because we can look back at things. We know that there was a little controversy with that table flip. Uh, people can go yeah. online and check it out. Um, but essentially, I believe Kurt won that battle, didn't he? He took it he took home the prize. Allegedly he
0: won, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought I saw them actually testing Boop the halls with a boot board. And mm-hmm. I'm just saying I saw them stacking cats on top of other cats.
2: Yeah. So who I, I knows? saw some stuff too. there was some cool stuff.
0: Who knows what's gonna happen there? But it was yeah, no, Kurt's always great to talk to and you know, smirking dagger is awesome. Okay. Hey Voyagers, I'm here with Jonathan Lohman from Low Tech Games. Jonathan, how the heck are you?
5: I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. How about you?
0: I'm doing good. I'm just having fun. You know, first day, of, first two days of Con are really chill. Saturday it goes kind of gangbusters, so I'm just, getting, just enjoying everything before a giant swarm happens. But you're with Low Tech Games. Uh, what are you showing off here at the convention?
5: Uh, sure. So we have a game that we've had a couple of years uh, called Name the Thing. Uh, it's a party card game. Uh, similar to apples, to apples, and um, uh, cards against humanity, but it affords you a lot more creativity uh, than the, than those types of games would. Uh, you get to build a name for a marketing think tank uh, for, for you know whatever prompt you might be uh, trying to t- trying to name. It, so,
0: and how has the reception been to your booth and all your various games?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, it's it's been pretty good. You know, people tend to to like. Uh, both our party card game and our new uh, micro game uh, called The Expedition. Uh, it's kind of a micro area control game, uh, and people people uh, like both. Uh, it's you know they're different games for for different audiences, uh, you know, for the most part. Um, but people seem to like them.
0: So, what is your mission at Low Tech Games? What are you hoping to accomplish with each release or each play of your game?
5: Um, honestly, you know, I, I want people to have fun. I want people to be happy. Uh, that's you know that's our, our main goal is is that people are are just have a blast playing whatever um, and hopefully it's our games. <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, what are you looking forward to this weekend most at TantrumCon? Uh,
5: uh, actually, the interaction with with everyone um, it's been great. Uh, the 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 other vendors have been awesome. Meeting other designers that are around have, has been great. Um, all the all the the. Players that are here—they've—they've um, they've all been awesome and super nice. Uh, so I just this is, this this is the part of cons that I love is, is, is the people.
6: <laughs>
0: oh, great! Well, if people want to support low tech. What can they do?
5: Um, absolutely. Yeah. So we have a Facebook, uh, Instagram. Um, all, you know, all the social medias, just look up Low Tech Games. Uh, you'll see our uh, Campfire logo on there. Um, and uh, also, if you want to go to our website, uh, lowtechgames.com. Uh, and um, a couple of our games are on Facebook, or not Facebook, but um, on uh, Amazon, too, as well. Uh, but you can buy our games on, on, uh, on our website as well. Um, or if you just want to take a look at, at what we got, that's fine, too. <laughs>
0: Awesome. I'll let you get back to it. Thank you so much for your time. Hope you enjoy the rest of the
5: con. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a good one. All right, so this is a publisher
2: that I'm not familiar with and I have not had a chance to meet with. So you are way ahead of me on this one, getting getting all these cool new people out there. Uh, but it sounds like he created a game that is very creative-based and you know gets people involved in the gaming hobby, which sounds great. And this little micro area control thing, that sounds kind of interesting too. So I'll have to check these guys out. Yeah, one thing that's really nice about these cons is that you can get
0: people who are stationed right next to Smirk and Dagger and they can give a little bit more attention because of that. Because Low Tech was located right next to Smirk and Dagger games. Okay. And, you know, it's just it's just nice to give the people who are trying to get their vision out there. I yeah. mean, I like supporting small publishers because I'm trying to start a small publisher. Sure. And I hope other people would do the same. So I try to give back in that way what little I can. But John was a nice guy. I actually got to play test with him later at night. And so it was good to be able to use what platform we have to get his name out there. Awesome. Hey, Voyagers. We're here with Caleb Stelzer from Grim Entertainment Games. Caleb, how are you? I'm doing well. Awesome. So I saw your booth, went up and talked to you, and you said something interesting. You manufacture and create the games all yourself. Tell me, what's that process like?
7: So. It's a, a bit time-consuming, but right now it takes about 30 minutes to make a game. Uh, hopefully, eventually, I can get that down with some better equipment and things. But I build boxes, print cards, stuff the boxes, wrap the boxes, do everything all myself.
0: Awesome. So what, what with Grim Entertainment and your games, what are you hoping to... Like, What's your publisher all about? What are you hoping to accomplish with it?
7: Uh, I just wanted to make a system eventually where people can have stuff made here in the US and not have to have stuff you know made overseas and get better quality and uh also be able to offer short runs where you don't have to order thousands of copies of games when you're making it at a time
0: cool well you made these games yourself so what are you showing off here at TantriCon?
7: Right, so I've got a few different games. i got Don't Give a Flock, Son of a Biscuit Maker, 789, and then my original game, which was uh, Dispelled, which is a battle royale arena-style game.
0: What could people expect when they play one of your games?
7: Uh, to have a good time, <laughs> laugh, uh, and have fun with their, their friends and family.
0: Uh, you got people coming up to your booth. I don't want to take too much more of your time. But people want to support Grim Entertainment. What
7: can they do? Right, so you can go to Grimplay.com. Uh, and that's my website. I have all of my games for sale on there, and there's also links to things when I have kickstarters and stuff like that.
0: Awesome. I'll just get back to it. Thanks so much for your time, man. All
7: right, thank you.
2: Okay, so this guy is manufacturing all of his own games and basically put them in shrink wrap, and then he can send them out to people. So is it? I'm assuming it's direct order at this point, right? Like, so if you go to his website, you can just order, and he sends a copy. Something like that. Yeah. He he's working on.
0: I think he's trying to go like maybe the way the, the way of the game crafter. Okay. Which is a USA-based manufacturer. So I I give him all the credit in the world if he's trying something new. People have tried to do U.S. manufacturing, but it's extremely hard to compete with China. Why? Mm -hmm. Because China bases entire social and economic structure on having a section of their country dedicated to manufacturing. And so the U.S. is not. We're not all about that. So it's – I mean I really hope the best for him. I hope he can figure it out to where he can have some success in that area.
2: Yeah, and somebody's got to carve the path in the wilderness, right? Like, just because it's been done somewhere else and not done here, somebody's got to try. Somebody's got to carve that new place, and hopefully this guy finds his own niche. And And it sounds like he's making some interesting style games. I'm, I'm curious to find out more personally, so I'll be checking it out.
0: Hey, Voyagers. We're here with Steve Rex, the B-O-S-S of the CRG. Um, how do you? How, what's the full name? Universe. Yeah, SRG it's intr- Universe. S-R-R-G S-R-R-G some universe random sorry, guy, that's some random here. guy universe. Yeah. Okay, so SRG Universe. Where with Steve Rez, the B O double S? How are you doing today, Steve?
8: I'm doing great, man. We're here at Tantrum Con, and there's way worse ways to spend the weekend, especially Royal Rumble weekend, than being at Tantrum Con here in North Carolina. So I'm excited. I'm having a great week.
0: So people may have not maybe heard of SRG Universe, but what they may have heard you at conventions. You guys always have a really big booth there's lots of there's lots of excitement going on every time i pass by you guys and i played one of your games super show i had a really good time with it but for people who don't know who you are what are you guys showing off what are your games that you have
8: So what people usually are referring to is Super Show the Game. Uh, It is the number one rated wrestling game of all time. You could live all your wildest wrestling fantasies without ever taking a chair shot. And we really try to emulate a real-life wrestling program through our card game called Super Show. At conventions, you might hear bell rings, you might hear ring announcers. You really have the action of a wrestling match. We warn all our players not to punch anybody or try to throw them through the table because you can really get caught up in the excitement. That's one of the things that we have on display. We're really lucky that Super Show's been around for about a decade now. We started off with four characters. There's over 400 playable characters, ranging from characters that we created and made comic book series about, ranging from fan-made characters, licensed wrestlers from promotions like uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, wrestlers that have been signed to AEW, wrestlers that have been signed to NXT and WWE. Uh, We've also done some anime releases and some uh, science fiction releases that have all been really fun and successful over the past decade that's our main product we're really proud of the success that we've had and the community that we've built that not only embraces the wrestling culture but also the culture of play it forward which is where we feel gamers should really get together to have a good time and take care of one another more so than the competitive aspect of other games that are out there Uh, here at TantrumCon, we're also Uh, showing off a brand new product that I designed with my 10-year-old daughter, Isabella. It's called Rummy Gummies. I'm really proud of how it came out. It fuses that old-school rummy-style game with, like, uh, Uno-style card effects, and it plays with really beautiful gummy bears and gummy worms. Fast, simple, easy game. Today, it's making its debut. So far, it's been a really big hit. And the other product that we're showing off, we only have four copies left, is a game I developed about seven years ago, and through the success of Super Show, I was able to uh, fund on my own without any platform. It's called Scally Wager. It's based off my love for pirate lore. It has a lot of flavor to the Disney Pirates of the Caribbean uh, movies in it. It plays like the ancient pirate game Liar's Dice, which is about bluffing and deception, and it has uh, the element of treasure and adventure cards. So we took this ancient game of pirate dice, and we kind of dragged it into the board game realm by adding cards to it. And that's been a really great hit. There's actually only four copies available before our next upgraded print run that should be coming out in a few months as well.
0: Awesome. So what are you looking forward to this weekend at TantrumCon?
8: I really just want to try a whole bunch of games that I haven't, <laughs> meet a lot of people. Um, Tantrum Con is an event where we don't have scheduled Super Show events. So I really love these events because I connect with a lot of people. I get a lot more downtime than I would typically get when we do an event where we're running Super Show events throughout the whole weekend, throughout the whole night. So quite simply put, I'm looking forward to 6 o'clock tonight where I close up the booth and I get to mingle with people like Josh here (laughs) and play some different games and learn games that I normally wouldn't get the opportunity to play.
0: Awesome. Well, if people want to support SRG Universe, what can they
8: do? Uh, most importantly, you can go over to supershowthegame.com. Uh, you can pick up a purchase. If you've never been there before, feel free to put in a special request. Say that you heard this on uh, some media platform. What's the name of the show here we got? Tabletop Submarine. I love the hat and love the logo. Just put a special request, ask for me, the B O W S will throw in some extras. We really appreciate this. Uh, this is a company that started out of my grandmother's basement. Now I'm fortunate that we keep our warehousing in my basement of my own home. Um, and another thing is just spread the word. If you're not a big wrestling fan, you might be able to refer Super Show over to other wrestling fans uh, and really help grow our community. Because besides what we've done from a business standpoint, uh, the stories that you'll hear from the Play It Forward initiatives, the things that people do for each other in this community is really something special. So any way we can grow the camaraderie of gamers is something that we really would hope that you can do for us.
0: Well, great. Well, I'll let you get back to it, Steve. But thank you so much for giving you time. You grace your time. Hope
2: you've raised your time.
8: Thank you very much. My pleasure. I appreciate you.
2: Okay, so much to unpack there. So the Super Show thing is, is a staple of most big conventions, and it is polarizing. To say the <laughs> least, uh, people really love it, or they want to be as far away from it as possible because they bring out the megaphones, they bring out the the all inclusive. They're talking trash. They're they're going from the high ropes. Like it, it's the kind the of bell. thing. If I was a Royal Rumble watcher, if I was into the WWE or WWF or whatever it is, uh, this is a game I would probably play. Since I am not. Uh, a fan of those things and I'm not involved in that cultural thought process. This is not a game that appeals to me, but you have to hang your hat on and appreciate someone who completely goes all in and matches the desires and wants of the people who love that particular genre and it is over the top but so is the uh, professional wrestling is over the top so it, it matches and hits its core and does what it needs to do. And I'm so happy for this guy's success. And really and truly, if you can take anything that you're passionate about and match it and drive it to that level, you are succeeding in life and good for you.
0: Hey, Voyagers, we're here with Zev Slashinger? Is that the correct way to pronounce it? Okay, from Play to Z, one of the newest and hottest publishers out there. Zev, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Okay, so we have a really cool neoprene mat with a lot of disc, well, what, what are we looking at here, and what are you showing off today at Tantrum Con?
6: Uh, this is Ascending Empires Zenith Edition. Uh, the reason we call it Zenith Edition uh, is because the game was originally published by Z-Man Games, uh, of which I was the founder, uh, in 2011, and we're bringing it back with all new components, uh, a lot of plastic, uh, neoprene mats, and and some new tweaked uh, gameplay.
0: And obviously, you're, you've done Z-Man, you were with WizKids for a long minute. What are you hoping to accomplish with a great team. You've you got Steven Ponticore, Scott Brady, and a whole bunch of other people in the industry. What are you guys hoping to accomplish with Play to Z? Uh,
6: well, my philosophy is always just trying to get the best games out there in the market, and I did that with Z-Man, I did that with Kids, so I'm carrying over that same philosophy with Play to Z, and that is just trying to find the best games and get them out to the market.
0: So how is Ascending Empires
6: fulfilling that vision for you guys? Uh, well, even back then, it's it's just it's an amazing forex game, uh, it plays quickly, it's about 60 to 75 minutes, and it's very unique. Uh, and I think that's, again, part of my philosophy. It's what's drawing me to uh, to doing certain types of games, just games that you've not seen before. I try to do things very, very different. Sometimes it succeeds, sometimes it doesn't. But Ascending Empires did succeed back then, and I think it will succeed now as well.
0: So Ascending Empires is a little bit of an older game. You're bringing it back and revamping it. So what can players expect from this edition
6: of Ascending Empires? Well, uh, one thing uh, for sure, in the old version, there were uh, puzzle boards that made up the universe but they just didn't quite work all the time. Sometimes the the puzzle pieces did not uh, fit properly, or sometimes there was a little warping in the cardboard. So basically, the playing surface wasn't smooth, and one of the actions you can do is a move action, and you flick your starships to, uh, to to look at other planets, all right? This is a 4X game, you're exploring, that's how you explore. That's the only flicking part of the game, just moving your spaceships. But it, it was still a hindrance with that type of material. In this new edition, we have two neoprene mats and they sit on the table, flat and smooth. The edges don't raise or anything, so it, it provides a very nice surface for that action. Um, aside from that, we, uh, there were only plastic troops in the original game. Now here we have uh, continue with plastic troops, but we have plastic cities, outposts, and research facilities. Uh, the pieces I think are a little better. The wood—it's also like beveled edges, so it, it, it looks nice. There's uh, imprinting. So uh, it was, yes, it's imprinting on the wood. Uh, in the original edition, you had stickers that you had to place on the planets and the uh, and the ships to start with. Here, it all comes already uh, printed onto the wood. Uh, aside from that, there's a couple of modules that we've added: megastructures, uh, uh, alien academies, uh, and warships, and so on. Uh, so yeah, I think just a, a, a varied. And, and more greatly expanded um, a game than what came out back in the past.
0: And what are you hoping players experience
6: as they sit down and, you know, play this game? <laughs> uh, I'm hoping that they get the feel of a 4X game in the time that it actually plays. In the 60 to 75 minutes, I want people to feel like, wow, yeah, I grew my civilization, my empire uh, by doing the the 4X, you know, the expand, the exploit, the explore, the exterminate. Uh, So yeah, I just hope that, and I hope they get that. And of course, I hope they have fun doing it.
0: Well, awesome. So if people want to support Play to Z, what can they do? Where can they go? And how
6: can they, you know, best, you know, who is this company that you're starting? <laughs> uh, well, I think like any other publishing company, you want to buy their games. That's the best <laughs> way to support us. Uh, well, this game's going to be on Kickstarter uh, starting February 27. So I encourage everyone to look at the game and if they if they like it, if they feel it's for them, to please back it. That would be the best way to to support us. Yeah, that's uh, and then and then whatever other games we come out with, if it's to your fancy, buy them. Awesome. Thank you so much, Seth, for your time. I'll let you get back to it. Fantastic. Thanks a lot.
2: Okay. So, first of all, I love what Zeb does. I, I just think he's a great person, he's a great mind. He's incredibly articulate with his development questions when he sees pitches that I've given him. He always gives me great feedback. So, I can't imagine this game isn't great already. But then, you know, he's going go head to go head-to-head with Last Light. Ooh! <laughs> I could see this being so much fun and if you're a 4X lover, I think this is the best possible time to be a Forex lover because not only do you have the big old crunchy ones that go for six, seven, eight hours, now you've got quick ones that you can bring other people in and you can share your love of Forex with others. And these two new versions that are an hour, hour, and hour and 15, hour and a half, like those are reasonable times to play a game and check it out. So I'm very curious. I have not played either of them yet, but uh, both of them are on my radar. So I'm looking forward to checking those both out.
0: I think that's going to come with a next wave of stuff. Like we're we're on that we're on that really in the middle of like the trick taking renaissance right now, mm-hmm. where a bunch of different trick takers are starting to like bend the genre.
7: Mm-hmm. I think
0: the next one is going to be four X, yeah. starting with Last Light, kind of kicking it off. And we have Last Light, Ascending Empires. We have March of the Ants. That's going to come out again. Okay. That was a long time release, which I think just didn't come out at the right time, but right. now they're bringing it back for a reprint. I think we're going to see a lot more interesting things happen. In the four X genre, you know, nice. It's it's. I think we're I think we're gonna get there. And it's gonna be a good thing. Hey, voyagers, we're here with Dawson from Cohort Eight Games with a whole bunch of rat games that caught my eye, and I wanted to explain to me his games a little bit, but I'll let him do that for you. Dawson, how you doing? Good. How you doing today, Josh? I'm doing just fine. So tell me, what are you showing off here in the prototype area? It's really good looking prototypes, by the
1: way. What are you showing off? Thanks. Uh, Right now we've got our game Scurry and Scamper, which is a chaotic trick-taking game. Think uh, Flux meets Spades. So some people are a little nervous about the level of chaos, but if you're into that humor and fun of little dirty back rats, you know, rats backstabbing each other to steal cheese, uh, that's kind of what the game's about. Uh, You earn cheese by winning tricks. But there's also action cards that are pre and post hand that let you manipulate things in your favor. And if it doesn't turn out so well in the end, they've got cards you can mitigate the outcome at the end and give people uh, the other rats traps, uh, which is which you don't want to take away with that game. So. <laughs> Well, how have people been receiving these games so far? Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've got a lot of players that really get into it, especially people who have a background in playing other trick taking games like Spades, Pinochle. If you're like from the Midwest and people are like, oh, I played this with my grandparents, you know, they really get into it. Uh, we have a lot of pop culture references and humor in the cards with Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. Uh, people really have a lot of fun with that, especially when they're like, hey, I gave you that trap, you dirty rat. So. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you hope people, people walk
0: away from when they play your game? What do you hope they walk away with?
1: We just hope they have a lot of fun and a blast. And especially with our rat games, there's a lot of uh, charcuterie themes. So you maybe you get a little bit hungry for some cheese and salami <laughs> afterwards. So, uh, you know, we might have like a little legacy version where you're eating the cheese as you go along. So, oh, Great. So what are you looking forward to this weekend at Tantrum Con? We're just trying to play all the games, meet people. We've got a lot of friends from all over the country that we've gone to other conventions with. And so we're going to have a chance to get together and play games together and just have a blast. That's. I mean, we're here to play games, play all the games, have all the fun. That's the goal.
0: Great. So, if people want to support Montage Eight Games. What can they do?
1: Yeah. So, uh, our website is cohort c o h o r t eight the roman numeral eight games.com and uh, we're looking to maybe kickstart Screen Scamper later this year. So, you can sign up on there or find us on social media anywhere uh, you use social media. Let me try that one more time. I said Montage Cohort. <laughs> I, don't know why. Okay. I don't know why. So,
0: so if people want to support Cohort Eight Games. What
1: can they do? They can uh, visit us on the web at Cohort8games.com. That's with the Roman numeral 8. Or the same uh, anywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can find us. And uh, we can hit you up for, uh, we do have our games on Tabletop Simulator that we can host a game if you're interested in doing a playtest sometime. Awesome. Let's get back to Dustin. Thanks for what's your time. Thanks a lot, Josh. Have a good day.
2: Yeah, I met uh, Dawson in line waiting for uh, getting into one of the Tournament meal events. And he's a, a cool person, like really some interesting things going on. He's an illustrator and a graphic designer, and he does this whole line of things. Uh, yeah, he was so nice the whole time. And then he played Wine Cellar, and he loved it. He had a great time with that one, too. So I have to like this guy even more than I even think I would, because he likes my game. <laughs> yeah, we saw him in the I didn't know you actually
0: knew- met him. I found him in the prototype alley in the back with lots of his games. I was like, okay, well, let me get an interview from him because he's a smaller publisher. and I like supporting them. Yeah. So funny. That's what happens at small cons though. We meet people. We don't realize that we, that I didn't know you met him, but now we both know him and we both can be friends with him now. So indeed good times. Hey folks, we're back here with Jay Cormier from Off The Page Games, one of me and Andrew's favorite publishers to watch, because of well, many reasons, we'll get into it. But Jay, how are you doing?
9: Oh man, I'm excited here at Tantrum Con. This is uh, really cool. It's my first time here in Charlotte and uh, at Tantrum Con. Yeah, so what's impressed you the most about Tantrum Con so far? Uh, well, it's just, it's casual. I like the casualness of it. It's not like hectic go, go, go. It's not like a Gen Con or something. These kind of conventions are just uh, more friendly and chatty. Yeah, no,
0: that's one of my favorite parts about Gen Con, too. But you've got a really impressive table here. I mean, the one reason that I like Off the Page so much is because of all the artwork for one thing, because it's lots of comic book artists. But for people who don't know, what is Off the Page Games? Basically, we take um,
9: indie comic books, and really cool indie comic books, too, um, and turn them into board games. And so uh, Mind Management was our first one. Harrow County is our second one, which uh, maybe by the time this airs, it's fulfilling uh, to backers. And then in March 20th, I think, is when we go to retail so people can buy it on retail. And then we're going to be launching our next one, which is Core of Discovery, based on the comic book called Manifest Destiny, which is coming out April 23rd. Awesome. And how's the reception been to the to these games so far? Well, I mean, it's pretty phenomenal. Like, <laughs> if you're the kind of person that likes asymmetric kind of combat type of games, then people are going nuts over Harrow County. And if you, like... For the core of Discovery, it's a one to four player cooperative game with deduction and survival aspects to it. And so some people are saying it's kind of like a, it feels like a choose your own adventure, like role playing game as you're like going through this, exploring the land and deciding what to do and getting gear and upgrading uh, stuff. It's like, it it all feels
0: really thematic. Uh, For a puzzly game, it's very thematic. And so, what are you hoping people who play these games, when they walk away, do you hope, what are you hoping they feel, or what do you hope they, they are left with when, once they play one of these games? Well, I've had it a few times already where they're just as they're playing, like this is fantastic, okay.
9: this is just great, man, this is cool, like just this exciting sense of, of especially for core discovery of exploration, like it really feels like you're exploring. Uh, sometimes in exploring games, it's just random what's under the next tile, like I don't know, it could be anything. But in this one, they're pre-planned maps, and you lift a tile up to expose something that's pre-planned because every terrain has a very specific rule and how and where it's located. And so you're using deduction of like, oh wait, water always has to be next to wood, so this one of these two spaces has to be water. And so you're using all this deduction, and you feel so smart and clever when you can figure things out and know what where the resources you need to solve your challenges are, uh, makes you feel really smart.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it looks great. I'm going to take pictures. I'll have it on our Facebook page. So if, so if people want to support off-the-page games, Jay, what can they do? Uh, yeah, basically you can go to offpagegames.com
9: uh, You can also go to uh, any off-the-page games in any social media, um, and
0: that's where I'll be. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. We'll let you get back to it, but have a great your con. Yeah! Thanks, everybody.
2: All right. I'm a, I'm a fan of what Jay is doing, obviously. We've had uh, people on the show who are part of Jay's company. We've talked about it enough. Corpse of Discovery is is high on my list of things to do. One of my only regrets from this convention about not getting over and playing it. But part of me is justifying a little bit because I want to read these books first. I want to read these comic <laughs> books. I want to get involved in this, this whole thing. And then I want to play his game. But count me a fan. I'm all in. Core of Discovery
0: looks really good. I got to sit down and see it. It has like double-edged board that you slid a sheet into mm-hmm. and you're trying to deduce what's actually happening in the game it's i'm i'm excited for everything that off the page is doing harrow county looks great mind management was really fun yeah and we'll see i hope he just continues to put out more and more excellent comic book games hey voyagers with here with matthew rodella from muse and metal games showing off his game this
10: tantrum con matt ah, how you doing Excellent. I'm super excited to be here. So what game are you showing off here at the demo hall? I have Twisted Trumpets, a tile-laying game. So, okay, good alliteration. What's Twisted Trumpets all about? Twisted Trumpets is a whimsical tile-laying game where you play uh, a character who is building a trumpet, trying to compete with the other players to build the craziest Dr. Seuss-like, twisted, branching, uh, crazy-looking trumpet uh, to try to score... Lots of various ways by the end of the game.
0: Okay, so what what inspired you to make a game like this?
10: Well, I am a trumpet player in real life, um, so I thought it would be cool to have a game that's themed around trumpet playing. There are none that I know of that are out there. Um, so it just kind of came about. Uh, it started as uh, I thought it would be cool to create a, a game where you have a character that you're trying to build instruments around like a one-man band kind of thing and that evolved into this where it just kind of distilled down to the trumpet. Um, And I wanted to make uh, a very accessible, um, kind of gateway plus style of game that could bring people into the hobby, introduce them to the wonderful world of trumpet playing, (laughs) and and just be a fun, kooky kind of game. And what's been people's favorite part of the game as I've been playing over Tantricon? Um, They like that it's surprisingly uh, crunchy. There's a lot of very tough, interesting decisions you have pretty much every turn. Um, And so the, the whimsical kind of light look of the game Um, will kind of belie the the crunchy decisions that you have as you're playing it. So this is your first Tantric Con. What are you looking forward to the most this weekend? Um, well, this is the first time I'm demoing Twisted Trumpet, so I'm just really looking forward to, to seeing people's reactions to it and getting it out in front of everybody. Um, so that's kind of my first goal, and then the second goal is just to meet up with all my friends you know, that, I've, <laughs> that I've met online and uh, at other cons. Um, I love just the, the connections that you can have at, at conventions, so I'm really looking forward to just gaming with everybody that I, that I meet. Awesome. If people want to support Muse and Metal Games and Twisted Trumpets, what can they do? Um, they can go to twistedtrumpets.com, and depending on the timing, uh, we're getting ready to go to Kickstarter, uh, probably this summer. Um, so if you go there, there'll either be a link to go to the Kickstarter or some kind of email sign up form that you could sign up for to follow along. Oh, excellent. Still they still young. we'll let you get back to your booth. We'll be a great rest of your con. Appreciate it. Thank you.
2: All right. So I hesitate to say too much because I am incredibly biased on behalf of my friend, Matt and I, Entered into a an online Discord chat thing. Basically, we started a little group of game designers early on when I started this whole process, and so I've known Matt from the very beginning of my part of this process, and I've known Twisted Trumpets from the very first iteration. I don't know how many playtests I've had of this game. It's upwards of six, seven, eight, whatever it is, and I've seen multiple iterations. So I am in. Ent- entirely way too biased about how much I really like twisted trumpets and I will own a copy of it and I would love to support my friend Matt in any way shape form I can uh I always get the when I get when I get to see him I get to give him a hug I get to shake his hand and I was able to take a picture of myself and Matt with wine cellar between us because Matt was one of the first people to play test wine cellar so I cannot speak objectively in any way should perform involving Matt, but I'm a huge fan of his. He's a great designer and check out Twisted Trumpets.
0: So yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun to see. I feel like we're part, or at least I am trying to, I think you're part of it. I'm trying to be part of this rising tide of new blood in the tabletop hobby. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, people who are been trying for the past three or four years to make their way, you know, that includes, you know, me, I'm trying. I'm not, I, I'm not, I haven't been as successful as I mean, you or Matt. I'm trying to be. But, like, you got you, you got Matt, you've got the Kinson Key guys who yeah. are part of that kind of drive. You have a whole bunch of other people that we can, maybe we, we can, like, fire to people who, you know, maybe aren't on the level of, like, a Zev or a Steven Bonacore or a Kurt Covert, but are on their way there working hard and putting in the work to try to get there. And Matt's one of them. Matt Irodella, he's... I playtested, I i don't play as often as you do, but I, I playtested him a, a lot with his games, and he's playtested my games a lot too. I'm really excited to see this game finally make its way to our shelves and hopefully on Kickstarter, and we're going to have him on as well when that time comes, so that should look forward to that, listeners. Hey Voyagers, we're here with Parker Simpson from Shiny Pigeon Games. We just got done playing his game Trash Dash. It was a fun little racing game, I will to let you talk about it. So what are you showing off this weekend at Tantrum Con, Parker?
11: Yeah, so Trash Dash is a family weight racing game uh, where each player is playing as a trash animal. Uh, you're racing around in an alleyway, messing with each other, picking up power-ups out of trash can spaces, um, and using those for your advantage. Uh, it's racing style, kind of like Mario Kart as a board game. Um, but yeah, no, I'm pretty excited about being here. This is my first time at Tantrum Con.
0: So what have people been receiving the best about this game? Like, When people sit down and play, where are they enjoy the most?
11: Um, Probably the wooden meeples. <laughs> I've got some adorable custom, adorable, yeah. uh, adorable custom printed um, meeples of all the critters. Um, but yeah, everybody's having a good time messing with each other. It's been a lot of trash talk, uh, especially with families that are playing together. Uh, it brings out the it brings out the best in people. So, well, who do
0: you think this game is for? Then, after you playing and testing it and stuff like that.
11: Uh, So it's been designed specifically for um, families. I want the kids to be able to comprehend and have a good time. But I also want the parents to be able to uh, not feel like smashing their head into a wall by playing another (laughs) game of Candyland. So it's got enough depth uh, to keep the adults engaged. Uh, It's simple enough that kids are going to grasp it right away.
0: Awesome. So what are you looking forward to this weekend at Tantricon? This is your first one. So what are you looking forward to the most?
11: Um, honestly, I'm just excited about demoing the game. Um, this game's been in production for about a year. Um, this is the first time uh, doing demos for the public uh, outside of like playtesting and stuff. Um, so this has been really exciting to just kind of share the game with people and um, start spreading the, spreading the fun. Great. Well, if people want to support Shiny Pigeon Games, what can they do? Uh, you can go to shinypigeongames.com, sign up for our email list, um, I've got information about Trash Dash as well. Uh, we're also on Facebook uh, as Shiny Pigeon Games and Trash Dash as Trash Dash.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, it's still really quiet right now, but let's let you set up a game let us get back to it. Look forward to rest- seeing
11: the rest of the con. Awesome. Appreciate it, Josh. All
2: right, so... Parker Simpson was a little bit of a rock star at this particular convention. He oh my was, gosh, yes. He First of all, he had 16-inch meeples of his different trash animals, his raccoons and his cats and stuff like that, and they were glorious. But more than that, every time I walked to the demo section, his table was full. There was never a single time that I walked by that he did not have playtesters constantly playing. I actually wanted to stop by. I actually wanted to play the game, and I couldn't. There was no possible time to pop in and do that. So kudos to him. He's doing something great. On top of that, they have a podcast. Did you know this? I did not. What's that? It is Bored Out of My Mind podcast. It is about uh, up-and-coming designers doing um, things. I've listened to one episode, and I like it, and it's on my download list of things to hit, and I still need to go and start doing a power through where I listen to all of them back to back to back to back. But I've got a whole catalog of future listening lined up for me. Um, they're doing a great job. Well, that wraps it up. So let's go ahead and talk about our general impressions of this this slew of interviews. What do you think, Andrew? I mean, you got a great swath of people. I think a big spread, you know, you for the big hitters, to the little tiny ones, to the, the self-publishing, to the self-producing, to the, the people who are just there to have fun. And I really think that's what Tantrum Con did. I, I really think... Yes, it's not Gen Con, but I don't think it wants to be. Um, it feels like a local con done right and a little bigger. That, that's exactly what it is, and I'm so happy it exists. I am as well. I think you're exactly right. A con should know what it, it needs to be
0: and dive into that. Gen Con is the place where people go to buy games. So what do you do? You pack as many publishers in there as possible and hope for the best Origins is more of a play convention so they have a much bigger play space than lots of other cons I've been to. PAX I think is still trying to figure itself out but Tantrum Con, like you said, I think it knows what it is and the people running it are smart and they're running it the right way. I really enjoyed my time
2: here. Yeah, shout out to Monica who's running that show over there, done really good job yeah. Excellent, Yep, Snaps from Monica hopefully we can have her on the show one day too
0: but we're going to wrap up our thoughts here my thoughts on tantrum con i think it's a con worth visiting especially if you are a young publisher in mm-hmm. this area or if you always want to play some games it's not great for pitching if you're a designer and you want to pitch you can get some time there it's not impossible it no. really isn't but most of those publishers who are there are spending time playing games they're already developing they'll definitely take time out for you i i, I think i think if you ask they'll take time out and they'll sit down and have a pitch meeting with you but, you know, Alex from Pandasaurus was there. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really taking any pitches. I know Kurt was looking around for like a tiny bit. Joe Wiggins was only looking at games when he was asked to look at games yep. and stuff from AllPlay. So really, though, industry people are coming there to connect with each other, with other people from the industry. It's right. a great – if you are looking to network, fantastic con. If you're looking to pitch games, not great. If you're looking to play tests and show off your games – it is great and if you're looking just to play games it's fantastic but that's my overall impressions i can't wait to go back next year i'm bringing my whole family next time because it's one thing we didn't touch on it's a fantastic family con they have play areas for little kids that they'll watch for you so you parents can go off and play games so my kid will be old enough next year he can go in i'm pumped i'm excited but that's my thoughts huge fan here andrew i want to hear your final thoughts
2: no, I think you've already heard me say enough good things that you know how I feel. I really feel like they did a great job. It's very polished. It's very well run. And uh, I expect to go back many times. Sweet.
0: Well, let's go ahead and wrap up and talk about what cons are going to here soon. Okay, I've got a bunch of cons I'm going to for Cake Pie. Yeah, that's my, I'm still trying to get emails and stuff like that. So my next big one I'm going to is, it's not even a big one. It's a small con called uh, Mythic Con in Asheville, North Carolina. It's about six Mm -hmm. hours from here. This is the one I'm taking my family to. It's going to, we're going to have a demo table there with Beach Day. And hoping that time we have a little more polished prototype. We're just going to be running a table there doing demos all day long. And then at night and in the mornings, we'll be exploring Asheville and playing games with my family. And then after that, I've got Origins. Which is my next big one, and I'm going to leave it there because those are going to be the next con we'll talk about, I'm sure, with one of these on the floor episodes. But I'm going to Origins. We'll be rooming with the Level Up guys. We're going to be hopefully at the Hampton across the street, which will be the closest I ever stayed. Thank goodness. I'm <laughs> going to cry. Oh my gosh, I've I've had so many bad experiences with my stays at Origins. Oh. It's not good. it's all my own all my own fault, but I'm hoping this time I get <laughs> to actually sit down and you know I'm not sure exactly what's this is it's going to be more of a cake pie or of a tabletop submarine focus con for me okay because we i'll have brennan there brennan my co-designer lives in ohio so he might take over most of the cake pie stuff okay and i might just focus on tabletop submarine and just kind of playing games right Um, but that's my next two big cons what are are you planning andrew
2: i'm gonna do geekway in between that so i'll be in st louis i'm a big fan of that conference that one feels quite a bit like tantrum con without the special events. Like there's things going on. There are special events, but it's not like tantrum con special events. There's like battling tops and there's like fancy gaming where everybody dresses up in like suits and ties and, and formal wear and stuff like that. There's some fun stuff, but that's also a con where you really have a great play to win section and you really have a nice, just tons and tons of tables. And so it's real easy to just grab a game, go sit down, put up a flag and have people pop over and jump into your game. And I'm very much looking forward to that. And then of course I will be at origins with origins with origins. (laughs) Origins, No, Uh, I'll be at origins with you. And uh, so we'll definitely do for sure. an on the floor version there, we can pick up some interviews with people, but I'm also looking forward to just kind of being where the action is. I really do feel like these conventions are worth it just to be where the people are and feel the passion around you and just there's an electricity when you walk in the place and there are games on the table and people are happy and talking about it. Well, let's wrap this
0: up. Andrew, thank you so much for taking some time today with me to talk about Tantricom. As always, my name is Josh. And I'm Andrew. And this has been On the Floor with Tabletop Submarines. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support the Tabletop Summary Podcast, please consider giving us five stars on iTunes and share this podcast
5: with your friends, family, and other gamers in your life. See you on the next voyage.